0: Welcome to OceanFit's Onshore Podcast, where Andre Slade, that's me, meets the unordinary people of the open water swimming and water safety community onshore to talk about their adventures, lifestyle and passion for the offshore. In this episode, I meet up with Don Warner, a Canadian who's called Melbourne home for more than 40 years and the author of Beyond the Tip, Tales of the Icebergers of Brighton. We're here with Don Warner uh, in his beautiful family home, just west of Brighton. Uh, South, south southeast of Brighton. uh, That was spoken like a true outsider, but you are a true insider now, although if you picked up Don's voice then, he's got a Canadian accent. How did a Canadian end up in Melbourne and be part of the Brighton Icebergers?
1: Okay. Well, I've um, lived in Melbourne since 1985. I first arrived in the country from Canada in 1977. Um, Moved down to uh, Melbourne eight years later after living in Sydney and Western Australia and Darwin and working on cruise ships for a while. Uh, Had a bit of a checkered work career. And uh, when I left the uh, cruise ships, I moved down to Melbourne, thought that would be a nice city to live in. And uh, indeed, it's proved the case. Uh, But I didn't get into cold water swimming with the icebergers until 2005. So it was a good 20 years uh, after I first moved here that the cold water swimming began. And uh, really, it came about um, over those Previous 20 years, I'd started doing a few of the ocean water swims, open water swims uh, in Victoria, the Lorne Pier to Pub and Cerberus Swim and and Portsea. And there's lots of them. Um, And uh, I met people who were swimming at Brighton and, uh, a couple of them said, Oh, Don, you know, you've, you've got to come up here and, uh, from Parkdale cause it's about 15 kilometers to get there. Um, come up and have a swim with us sometime. And <clears throat> I resisted for quite a while. Uh, and finally in early 2005, I met, um, Two gentlemen, John Olson and Robert Hooper, who you'll see in my book, um, featured in the book, uh, they're stalwarts of the uh, swimming community here in Melbourne, have been for many years. Uh, I met them at the bloody big swim and uh, was chatting to them and they were both swimming at Brighton at that stage and they encouraged me and um, soon after I uh, thought, oh yeah, well what the heck. Um We actually had a. uh, I went over to New Zealand um, shortly after the bloody big swim to do the Lake Taupo swim. Uh, And uh, there were some icebergers, uh, not John and Rob as it turned out, but uh, some other icebergers, one of whom I knew, uh, Andrew Miller, who were part of that trip. And um, I uh, met a few icebergers on that trip because they had a couple of teams. And uh, uh, it sort of spread, evolved from there.
0: It's interesting that someone from Toronto came all the way to Australia just to get to move to a cold city and swim in cold water
1: the, the oh, warm order of Australia didn't yeah no, look uh, I, I actually moved here for work um, I graduated as a school teacher in 1976 at a time when there was uh, a huge glut of teachers and nobody was getting jobs in the humanities subjects and so I came out to first New Zealand taught there for a bit and then came over to Australia and, and got work as a teacher here so um Swimming was always something I enjoyed. Used to do uh, swimming in the summertime at our summer cottage in uh, Muskoka, north of Toronto. Uh, but when I got here, absolutely, uh, what a great place to come to for for swimming uh, is Australia. Um, as I say, the cold water swimming did come a little bit after that, uh, probably about 20 years after I moved to Melbourne.
0: So you'd been invited by the Icebergers to join them. Can you remember your first swim with them?
1: I can. It happened on um, Mother's Day 2005. I can remember exactly when it was. And the uh, water temperature was 13 degrees that day. Barmy? Um, Well, it wasn't barmy to me because I hadn't had a cold water uh, swim at quite that temperature, and we swam around the breakwater. And uh, I just saw all these other people. Um, doing the swim that day. And, you know, you think, well, if he or she can do it, well, why can't I do it? I can do it, uh, hopefully. And uh, I got in and and did that first swim. And um, that was the start.
0: Now, from my digging recently, I know that there's essentially two iceburger groups, the Brighton Baths and the Brighton Yacht Club, which
1: side do you swim on? So I swim with the Yacht Club Iceburgers. Um, Sometimes we're referred to as the Yacht Burgers. Uh, And we've got um, approximately 120, 130 swimmers on our list and um, people swimming at different times of day, but for the most part they swim early in the morning.
0: I went to a friend's 40th birthday at the Yacht Club before I knew there was a, an Icebergers group in in the Yacht Club. And as you go to the bathroom, you walk past the hallway and there's yep. pictures of the Icebergers up. There's a lot of history
1: in there and a lot of camaraderie and community. Yep, absolutely. I think um, it's quite a special community uh the cold water swimming group. Uh, we certainly encourage people to swim with a buddy, especially during the, um, colder months of the year. It's important that you do that. And, um, the club's got such great facilities as you would have noticed when you went to your friend's, uh, 40th, uh, great cafe there. Um, and, uh, we pile in after the uh, swim is finished and after we've warmed up in the sauna or the steam room, then had our shower, everybody goes to the cafe and, uh, sits around a, over a cup of coffee and solves the problems of the world. Where are the, where are the biggest problems solved, in the, in the sauna or in the cafe? Oh, I think it's just a continuous uh, solving. <laughs> you know, what's discussed in the steam room or the sauna, well, oh yeah, we'll keep talking about that, having the shower, and we'll just go in and uh, argue the point further over the uh, coffee and breakfast in some cases.
0: G'day. Kia ora. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about OceanFit. Back in 2009, OceanFit started as an ocean swim school on the golden sands of Bondi Beach. But now, we've become so much more. We deliver our world-leading training to hundreds of swimmers every summer on beaches throughout Australia, and thousands learn from our free educational resources online. Our swim scout directory, available on our website and app, will help you find a swim buddy, connect with social swimming groups, and discover swim events throughout the country. You can also participate in one of our events. Escape with us on a wet and wild weekend or immerse yourself on a boutique ocean swimming holiday at home or abroad. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in at oceanfit.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this episode and swim free. referred to your book uh, earlier beyond the tip tales of the icebergers of Brighton first of all, how did the book come about and second, what's the
1: uh, reason behind the name beyond the tips okay well the book um the book came about uh because um, a number of uh people had said, Gee, wouldn't it be nice if somebody wrote a book about the icebergers sometime." <laughs> And uh, I do a bit of writing and I have a lot of interest in uh, history. And uh, I thought, yep, I've recently finished a project um, in late 2016 and by early 2017. I thought, I'm going to take this little task on, not that it was a little task. But rather than write a history of the icebergers because it goes back quite some time to... Uh, Just post World War II, and a little bit of uh, there's quite a bit of history uh, over all of the icebergs that shines through in the book that uh, people relate in their personal profile. But um, I just thought the more interesting task would be to find out about the history of the individual swimmers. And that included the Brighton Bath swimmers who swim through winter, as well as the yacht club swimmers who swim all through the year. So the criteria for going into the book, was that you actually did have to swim in winter. Some people go to the baths, some people come to the yacht club and swim in the summertime. Can't really call them icebergers. That would
0: be me, the fair weather swimmers.
1: Fair weather swimmer. sorry, um, Andre can't include you in the book. <laughs> There's hundreds of,
0: of individuals in the book, all with their own unique stories. There's some that are just a little bit more
1: special than others? Oh, look, uh, they're all interesting is what I would say to you. Uh, But the people who have really taken the time to think about their swimming history and written about it in the first person, those are the the stories that I found the most interesting. But of course, not everyone is comfortable writing about themselves. I get it. I understand all of that. And so with those people who amounted to about a third, one third of the 152 swimmers would fall into that category. So what I did with those people was I interviewed them just like you're interviewing me. And I made my notes and then I went away and typed it up as a draft, would send it on to them and they could fine tune it and uh, agree on what the wording should uh, look like. So some of those stories are still pretty good, but where somebody um, actually took the time and wrote about it in the first person, that's always better.
0: When you sent those uh, stories back to them, uh, were, were people more likely to have talked themselves down or talked themselves up?
1: Look, we, there is a tall poppy syndrome in, uh, in Australia. Uh, you're also from overseas, so you, you've seen this. I was quite conscious not to big note them if I was writing it for them too much. So uh, I, there really wasn't much of an issue there, um, talking themselves up or down ba- based on what the draft uh, write-up was. Uh, I think we agreed fairly quickly uh, on that, and it, it was fine.
0: Are there any characters in
1: there that are are worthy of mentioning? Oh, there are lots of characters in there. Tell me a story well uh we've got um Alastair Purvy, the mad Scotsman who um, is not really mad, but uh he he talks with a thick Scottish accent after fifty years living in this country, probably like Just I still like have you. a thick Canadian accent uh, he's been a very regular uh, swimmer at icebergers um, and he also did a bit of cold water swimming in the u k before he came out at uh, Hyde Park and up in in London because he lived there for a time. And up in Dundee, uh, where he was born. But uh, he's uh, a guy who um, leads a little group of swimmers at uh, the Yacht Club Icebergers called the 730 Group. Mm -hmm. And... um, they don't swim huge distances, uh, but they're very, very regular. I think they're there seven days a week. They go in, they do their triangle swim, and if uh, it suits them, they'll go further down the channel and, and out a bit more and, and back. Uh, and uh, they really enjoy the club. They really enjoy the camaraderie, and um, they're in the coffee shop afterwards. Um We've got uh, swimmers who have uh, swum in some unusual locations. Uh, John Scanlon, high in the um, American Rockies, um, he's swum in Africa, he's swum in India and in the Ganges River. Okay, that's not cold water swimming there, but uh, he's swum all over the world. Um, Mike Gregory is uh, a champion swimmer who uh, is based at the Brighton Baths, who's a friend of mine, and uh, he's uh, swum down in Antarctica to Day, two out of three days down there in the frigid waters of Antarctica, and stayed in the water for about 12 minutes. Uh, he's done three or four solo English channels. He's done the Catalina Channel. He's swum around uh, Manhattan Island. Uh, amazing swimmer. So uh, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of quite a few stories for you to unearth in there. We also have the uh, former Premier of Victoria, Ted Baillieu amongst our membership. And uh, he is so enthusiastic about his swimming. And he set himself the task to swim every Brighton beach that is to be found around the world. And there are a number of Brighton beaches from Canada to the UK and various other places. And he actually lists where the locations are in the book and said, I've done this many and I've got this many to go. I can tick off the UK and Australia. So yeah, it'll be interesting to yeah, see so what the other ones are. Ha- have a look in the book. I've also swum down in Antarctica. Uh, My wife and I did a cruise down there in 2012. And um, one of the things with these cruises to the polar regions is that the captain and um, head uh, head of vessel will always give the passengers an opportunity to swim, weather permitting. It's always weather dependent. But if they get a nice day, because a lot of people who go on those cruises... Want to be able to say, I jumped in. And even if they didn't swim far, they just had a tea bag, uh, that I've survived the zero degree temperatures or one degree temperatures down in the uh, polar regions. So I had my swim at a place called Neko Harbor in 2012, which was fantastic. On the so end. I invented.
0: Hole in the ice and jumping in, but that's not no, what it would be.
1: No, 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 we're not doing that. We're down there in, in their summer, <laughs> in their summer, and so there was plenty of ice around. And um, there's a couple of photos in the book, you'll uh, you'll see ice in the water, but we actually went off the, the land and penguins all around and, and the whole bit. Uh, 11 of uh, the 84 passengers on our cruise went in the water. Being a Brighton iceberger, I had to swim somewhere. So I went out for a couple of minutes and came back in pretty cold. And then in 2015, my wife and I did a Northwest Passage cruise across from Greenland across the top of Canada. And again, the um, ship's captain um, made available an opportunity for people to have a swim. And this time it was off the side of the ship. So he uh, just weighed anchor for a little while and... um, a whole lot of people went in to, to have a swim off the side of the vessel uh, near Beachy Island, uh, where the Franklin Expedition wintered uh, on their fateful journey to the Arctic. So that was way, way up north, uh, 75 degrees north latitude. So what is it that
0: interests you about
1: taking these trips to the coldest places on
0: Earth? Oh, and going Oh, look,
1: of- um, my wife and I um, have always been interested in um, the exploits of the Antarctic explorers in particular. And uh, there's some spectacular scenery down there uh, in Antarctica. We also went to the amazing island of South Georgia uh, and, um, you know, did some hiking there and saw squillions of penguins. And uh, it's it's a fabulous holiday. We went to the Falkland Islands. Uh, We went to Elephant Island. It was all magnificent. What's next on the list? Oh, hey, we've just had our uh, trip to the Cape York Peninsula um, cancelled this year due to the COVID. Um, hoping to go back to North America next year, back over to Toronto.
0: Open water swimming's taking off in, in Canada. There's spots and groups all around the country. When you left, though, it would have, Probably been pretty stark, I'd imagine.
1: Never, never heard of open water swimming in Lake Ontario <laughs> when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. Uh, um, never heard of that. So I might need to uh, hunt down the location of the lost swimmers when we're next in Toronto and try and join them for a swim one day. So My wife, George, she's Canadian from Toronto.
0: And when we were there last, we talked to a few of the open water swimmers. And I did a little bit of research myself. and. It even turns out that just swimming in the lake in general was never really something people did. And it's only been quite recently that people
1: actually swim. Part of the problem, though, I suspect is pollution levels. There have always been... A few people who might venture into the water on hot summer days in the beaches and also down near um, Sunnyside Pool in the West End of Toronto. I'm not sure whether you got there, but there's this gigantic swimming pool that's been there since the 1920s and there's a beach not far away from that. But I think uh, pollution levels, Toronto being a big mega city, um, pollution of the Great Lakes isn't all that good. Um, so I think that's part of the reason. But it's interesting to know that they do actually have um a yeah,
0: thriving community now. Yeah,
1: which is fantastic. Um I'm- Pollution-wise, I would have thought things would have got worse, not better, because uh, the city's got a lot bigger. But uh, possibly not. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a little bit better than it once was, and uh, maybe people realise from looking around the world, ah, they swim in Melbourne, so that's a big city as well. Maybe we can get away with it. Yeah, the the beach, <laughs> the, we call it
0: the beach culture. I guess there are beaches on the lakes there. They, it's an interesting uh, environment. Are I still kind of shake my head at the life-saving scene down there. I went for a swim down at the beaches and uh, I went to get into the water and all of a sudden this lifesaver or lifeguard uh, walked over and got in a rowboat and then rowed out into the water and just kind of parked up like two meters away from me while I was in the water. And I said, I said to the girl, what, okay. are <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I can swim. I, yeah, I, I got this. You know, like, and she's like, "Oh no, it's the it's our um, policy that if anyone's in the water, we have to be in our rowboat um, beside them." Really, and, and even to this day, now it's that's the policy. They wow. they can't just watch from the from the beach tower. chair or the yeah. tower
1: and and kind of react, they they get into the water. Somebody's in the water. But what happens if it's a hot day and there are multiple people are just in the water? Park, they park the
0: rowboats about 50 metres apart all the way along the beach. Okay. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. So with these uh, open water swimming groups that are now starting to take off over there, um, have they got... Do they just have to get changed on the beach? There's no club rooms for anyone to get changed or have a shower in afterwards. So no, they were
0: they were turning up uh, meeting at a place. we the lost crew meet just in Burlington. So okay, uh, a little bit outside or near
1: Hamilton. Uh huh. Right.
0: Um, and they're starting to build up. They've got a shed, and you can only imagine over time they'll they'll have all the facilities. They would be very envious of our facilities at Absolutely. RBYC. <laughs> And I met the Bay Open Water Swimmers, which is one of the more recent groups in the Bay, Um, and they're out of Black Rock Yacht and they told the story of Friday nights in front of a big fire drinking mulled wine.
1: (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. After they've had their cold swim, warm up with the mulled wine. That's fantastic. uh, I wish,
0: I mean, because of the situation at the moment, we didn't get to, uh, I didn't get to experience it, but they vividly told me the story, and
1: I uh, I need to come back in the winter to experience Mm, that. mm. Or. Get get over there this afternoon on your way back from Morty Alec.
0: <laughs> when I when we swam with the lost crew in uh, C- Canada, the water was eight degrees and I thought, geez, this is yeah. this is insane. I went in, I went in and literally, you know, I've only learned the term teabag <laughs> since I've been in Melbourne, but I literally went in, ducked me in under the water, went out. Um, Jules, um, she was pregnant at the time, I think maybe six months pregnant, and she did they had this little circuit that they did, and she did it a couple of times around and got out. And but she's way tougher than me.
1: Yeah, in eight degree water, you probably can't stay in there for too long. Um, that's that's getting getting down pretty low.
0: I was interested to know that it gets that cold here in the bay. I would have thought, gee, that's a, that's Canadian cold, you know. Yeah. But it but does it, get that cold. It
1: yeah, it does. Eight, eight degrees is sort of about the lowest we get, but it's not unusual to get under ten. So nine point. Um, and last year, I think we had, we would have had five or six days under 10 last year. And otherwise it tends to hang around at the 10 degree mark, but get a few clear nights and, and temperatures, the air temperature dropping down to, uh, two or three degrees, uh, will make the water pretty cold too.
0: I can imagine with the cold water and the long swims and all these trips that the that the icebergs are doing, they, there would be a little bit of kind of friendly competition and banter about who's been in the coldest water, who's swum in the most oh, yeah. far-reaching place. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what, yeah. What, tell me about that. I yeah. mean, there must be a few of them. Oh, oh, sure. You know, they um, we've got um – a group of swimmers who like to race one another they're all pretty strong swimmers uh, pretty fit and um, you know they'll uh, they'll go hammer and tong towards uh, most of their way around and they might be out there even still doing one or two kilometers distance in the coldest months of the year they'll still go out and have long swims and still race hard others when it's that cold Might back off a little bit and uh, and not go quite so hard. uh, Conserve your energy a bit, but uh, yeah, you know after. These guys uh, who like to race, um, finish their swim, they, oh, yeah, I got there for high beaches today, you know, and all this sort of thing. And uh, it's a race to get back to the shore and into the uh, steam room and then they can brag or um, take the you-know-what, take the mickey out of the other person.
0: Has anyone got the biggest story? The one that's always like this guy or this girl or you wouldn't believe it? Or-
1: okay, so uh, Paul Percy was um, – the first iceberger to do a hundred uh, big courses in the uh winter time very strong swimmer obviously and um he was followed by uh Hugh o'connor who did uh who achieved the same feat twice i think possibly even three times um a few years after that and so this is yeah almost become the yardstick for who whether you're well, tough it, it's uh, nobody's attempting to do anything like that these days it's probably the everest has been climbed um and uh uh No one's attempted to do it recently but uh we've we've got we've got lots of swimmers who who do uh challenging things and and one of the um big things that happens around the Brighton area is that it's a fantastic location for training for the english channel and again in my book uh you will find um uh, news about the English channel and there are eighteen um swimmer profiles, uh, 18 swimmers who have uh, achieved a solo crossing of the English Channel featured in the book. And um, people come from all over Australia to do the qualifying swim down here, because if you're from Sydney or Brisbane, worse, or Perth, the water never gets below Fifteen or sixteen, and in order to do a qualifying swim to enable you to do the English Channel, you have to do a qualifying swim of six or eight hours in cold water. So they all come down here, and uh, that's why the um, Brighton area is uh, renowned for being a, a mecca for cold water swimmers. And Mike Gregory, who I mentioned earlier, um, he um, he has a uh, uh, conducts a uh, qualifying swim and. Um, does that each year around about the beginning of May Um, for people coming from interstate. They can link up with him and he will get the safety organized for them. And uh, yeah, so.
0: I have no interest in
1: swimming the channel. No, I don't either. No, no. It's not an aspiration of mine, but it certainly is for some people. Physically, I could make the distance, I guess, mentally. I wouldn't even get off the rocks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so much of it is mental. Um, you've just got to have the mindset and determination that no matter what, come what may, you're going to keep plowing away till you get there.
0: It sounds like the nice a nice little jingle for the yeah. reason yeah. why I don't do it. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I talked about the name of the book, Beyond the Tip. Okay, okay. where did the name come? From?
1: So the name came from the idea that uh, the tip of the iceberg. So Beyond the Tip of the Iceberg. I didn't didn't even see that. There you go. Uh, And inside, beyond just the tip, you'll find all the stories. Thanks so much for your time, Don. It's been great to chat. Great to talk to you, Andre. And uh, thanks for coming down to see me.